0: Welcome to the 37th episode of the ModCast.
1: I'll be 37 June 16th.
0: Look at that. Look at these, right. we should play that in the lottery. Thirty-seven <laughs> June 16th, that's Tupac's birthday.
1: Yeah, yes, yes, it is. That's my man.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, Ryan, I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm going to give you your proper intro before we get into the interview. So everybody, Ryan is my really good friend from DC. DC all day, Northwest uptown. Hello. And he is a brilliant lawyer, attorney and friend and children's book author, which is really how we connected and became friends. We'll get into that later. And now he just announced that he is running for attorney general of Washington, DC. Everybody give it up, big claps, big claps. That's amazing. I don't have any friends who are politicians.
1: I'm a lawyer first but you know this is a political race so you can call me a politician I guess
0: I love it okay so first our icebreaker always on the podcast Brian is what is your favorite non-alcoholic beverage
1: <laughs> uh non-alcoholic water <laughs> water you know, a few
0: people have said water which is great.
1: I wanted to say a non-alcoholic pina colada.
0: Okay, that's good. So a a virgin pina colada.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Well, because, you know, since I don't drink, I always like to, the whole name of this is Modcast, Modcast, colon, the real happy hour, because we talk about joy without the alcohol.
1: Got it, got it, got it.
0: See those playing words, you want to play those words? Yes. So, Ryan, can you tell us, you just announced you're running for attorney general, like maybe a week or two ago. Can you tell us how it's been since you've announced and kind of the things that you've been working on and how it's been going and how it feels?
1: Uh, One, it's superseded my expectations. So, announcing required, you know, a press release. You don't know if anyone's going to pick it up. So, the Washington (laughs) Post picked it up the same day. You know, there's a video that went out. We worked really hard on that. Uh, Josh Brown, the media comms person, uh, Riddell Spinks, uh, his brother Jay Spinks. We worked hard on it. Then the music that was used, we had to go through a licensing process and get uh, uh, independent artists to use, uh, to use their music. Mm-hmm. They helped support the push and post it. Okay. And you know, so that was amazing. Um, people have reached out with information about how to get better. Right, you need to be less nervous when you're speaking to us. <laughs> you need to uh, get your points, like you know, hit them in a strategic manner so that people can walk away feeling a certain kind of way. Right, they can walk away knowing exactly what it is that you're going to do to improve people's lives, and that's the whole point of why I'm running. I uh,
0: love it. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we had lunch during the summer, or that was not the summer, it was just no. Weekend. That was like
1: March, that was the first day I got back from Florida
0: right and it was just really hot that day in dc and i remember you told me and i was so excited and honestly full disclosure and and it's so interesting because you know i'm super educated i have an ivy league degree and you told me you're running for attorney general i was just excited because i love my friends doing cool things and i know you're a good person so i was like yeah you should win because you're good but (laughs) what does an attorney general do i had no idea so can you explain to all of us, what exactly does an attorney general
1: do? I think in 2020, we found out a little bit about what attorneys general do around the country. Washington DC being a unique jurisdiction and that it's federal, split federal, and it has its own um, state-based purview. Mm -hmm. In Washington DC, the attorney general does like criminal and misdemeanor issues. It doesn't do the, uh, because it's partially federal, The AUSA will handle, you know, crimes, but D.C. Attorney General will uh, have oversight of all of the agencies in Washington, D.C. That's your Department of Employment Services. That's your DCRA. That's your, you know, Department of Health. So there's lawyers all throughout the uh, D.C. government. The AG for D.C. has oversight over them. You have Obviously, you watch what uh, the AG's done. Currently, he's brought civil actions on behalf of the residents of the city against act, you know, bad actors uh, who's caused problems to people in when in, in residents in Washington D.C. So I would do things like that.
0: That's so cool because you know, and I also think about attorneys. I don't know if you know, but I'm obsessed with like true crime shows, and I just watched that documentary called Crack on. Um, Netflix and it was about the crack um, epidemic in DC so no. I was like
1: I didn't see it I've watched
0: oh my gosh you have to watch it and then, but so things like that I guess also that's more federal than even though right. it's in DC so those right. are federal that would be in the federal court
1: that would be uh, handled by the department of uh department of justice and they have AUSA's. USA's that's assistant U.S attorneys that would prosecute those type of crimes. You know, the AG in DC might have a bit of influence. Maybe you say, hey, look, let's try this, let's do these kind of things to help in this particular case. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. there's that that oh, jurisdictional lie, but that's a part of that's a part of the DC statehood. DC wants statehood. DC gets statehood. DC gets <laughs> control over that
0: we we do need like we need i'm so advocating for dc statehood we need it so what's cool about attorney general in the way that you would be because i'm projecting that you win because i only speak in the affirmative so when you're the attorney general you're really helping residents of dc
1: that's right that's right. which is
0: honestly even cooler because you're not like prosecuting um, you know, criminals or suspected criminals, you're really trying to advocate for the residents of DC. And one of the things that you and I were talking about the other day was just, you know, the housing crisis that mm-hmm. is about to, that is happening right now. It's
1: bubbling and up. Mm-hmm.
0: It's because it's, everything's opening up. These um, eviction moratoriums are getting lifted. So what is your vision for that? Because obviously when you get elected in 2022, this, was, this will still be ongoing, mm-hmm. how does one handle that? What, is, what are your views on that and how will you be advocating for DC residents?
1: One, that is like a great question and something that is on everybody's mind right now. And when you look at the economic cir- circumstances that we're in, if you were to say, hey look, more, you know, COVID restrictions are over, everyone's back to work, you gotta start paying your rent. Not only do you have to pay the rent that you you got it for the next month, but everything else that you were backed up on uh, because you were out of work and you couldn't pay for it. Where does the rubber meet the road? How do we really reconcile the harm that has been <laughs> done to residents? And there's this one situ- situation, you know, I'll keep it very high level, but that could guide how things could be uh, handled going forward where there's a squatter or a person who hasn't been paying the rent, mm-hmm. doesn't want to leave, you know, and a landowner that wants to come back into that property. And, you know, being a condominium, there's a third party, you're saying, Hey, how do we get this, you know, this non-paying tenant to leave, mm-hmm. who who isn't currently paying, who is not currently paying rent so that the homeowner can step in. Um, and everyone should be able to get to a point where they walk away, Without any burden, and go and, and have the opportunity to go forward and make better decisions going forward. And that requires three parties sitting down and coming to a resolution. That takes it out of the court's hands. You reduce the burden from the backlog, which would create, which would be created if you did decide to eject somebody. You Say, hey, look, if you leave now, you're not going to owe us anything. The building's same. The landowner is not going to own any, you know, back uh, condo fees, and then. The condo association says that person's out, you're coming back in, you'll pay going forward Uh and everyone walks away with a clean slate. And I think that would be one scenario in which it could be handled. It's not going to be like that for everybody, but that is a good, that is a good foundation for what we should be trying to uh, achieve for many um, people in this situation right now.
0: I mean, I totally agree because it's one thing, you know, starting over sucks, but just having to start over with your credit messed up and then still having to back pay, you know, ten to $50,000 in back rent that you're never going to see again is definitely an added burden. And, you know, poverty is, is a disease. And it's like, it's so hard to get rid of it. And, and I think that housing, like the housing crisis, is just um, obviously creating more problems for poor people.
1: (laughs) Right, so what you have is prior to March 2020, things were very problematic for people financially. Mm -hmm. And then they were compounded. So you mean to tell me the problems that they were walking into March 2020, they have to walk back into in June, 2021. I don't know if that's gonna work. And I think there needs to be a new vision, a new, and, and what I said the other day and I said it on the spot. <laughs> and it was basically, we need to rewire a system mm-hmm. so that it works to empower people, right? So we have the system. We have the infrastructure. It's just guiding the flow of energy the wrong way. We're putting it to, uh, we're sticking it to people too harshly and not giving people a chance to get paid on certain mistakes, certain bad business decisions. And mm-hmm. the government stepped in and helping certain folks. We need to do that for more folks so bad decisions get made you know and it doesn't matter if you have a law degree a business degree no degree (laughs) people make bad decisions and they need help so you need people with the moral compass to see and guide folks the right way because what we ultimately want to see is a better country that we can all enjoy right we want to all be happy I want to wake up knowing that I have a great opportunity to make a difference and have an enjoyable life and like my day that's on the way right that's what you really want and so I think the law can do that that's that's why I'm running and I think we haven't done that enough with the people who have been in power
0: no and and I was I was gonna say like you're young you just told us you're turning 37 which is you know we have played that in the lottery (laughs) you're young and you're doing well. You have a successful law practice. You're doing awesome. And, Thank you. And, you know, becoming a politician, that opens you up to, like, a whole can of worms.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Don't go looking. It's a
0: sacrifice. <laughs> like, being a public servant, you know, being an elected official is a sacrifice. Um, and so what is inspiring you to make that sacrifice? Because you could just go on and be, you know, essentially selfish and just make great money, live your best life and not worry about DC. So what's inspiring you to do this? Uh,
1: So the impetus came from 2020. We all witnessed a horrible crime committed and, and others came to the fore. And during the pandemic, there was no greater expression of give me life or give me death, uh, excuse me, give me freedom or give me death, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen that sign, I wanna be free, I'm a man. And we watched people in the midst of an airborne killer that was silent, you had to put masks on, you had to stay six feet apart. And we watched people march in droves down streets all across the country, basically saying, give us our freedom, mm-hmm. give us the opportunity to live a, a healthy, productive life and a happy life. And being out there putting my mask on watching it all happen and seeing the thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people across the world you know thousands in respective cities millions across the world standing up for themselves i said okay people were singing for their freedom people were marching people were protesting mm-hmm. you saw people dancing you saw all of it it was like what's the anatomy of a protest it's just being present right you saw yeah. people throwing you saw people throwing bricks through windows you saw you know spray paint on other place. people were were fed up Take these statues down and i thought okay well i have a specific skill set i'm an attorney i have a certain value uh, core value and i know that i will do my best and i'll run and that's the next step that i decided to make and this was about october i sat down with a core group of people smart folks um and they said okay you can do this and they know my story right and i think my story has to come out right all the work that i've done um Work that I and, and, and the perspective that I have. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, okay, wow, that's really interesting. You, you might have something right there with that. And so that encourages you. And then it builds, you know, then you, it gets built upon that, you know, to take you from the idea phase to now here you are filing paperwork and here you are creating a team. And now there's, and your team believes in you. And your team says, okay. And then April 26th, we launched, you know. Uh, so it it was. And so I already called hundreds of people saying, hey, I'm about to do this, right? <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay, I believe in you. We need young people mm-hmm. with heart, with with uh, fearlessness to go out there. And I watched everybody out there uh, throughout the summer of 2020. And I'm like, man, I y'all got my back. Me, I'm you good. You invited
0: me to a protest in DC when I was home but I don't think I was feeling well or something, but you yeah, were out I was, there. I didn't know I, I ended up not coming.
1: Look, one person that I would hang out with was, uh, you know, we'd hang out, we'd go down there. And the idea was, we're not going to go and make a lot of noise or cause any problems, but we just needed to be present for the aerial view. Let us know that we're at Black Lives Matter Plaza. It wasn't just some sort of, you know, gimmick. It was really where we can go and have our voices heard and we know that we can go there and make our presence felt. And it was day after day after day, week after week, and people kept, were relentless with it. And I think you can't um, let that go because, you know, oh, we can take our masks off now. No, no, we said a lot of great poignant things and let's try to put it into play, you know? I mean,
0: I I love, that was such a beautiful answer because What's amazing is when we meet, let's say, politicians or people running for office, right? We meet them in this, like, I am a politician box. <laughs> and we
1: I don't want to be that guy.
0: You're not, because I also think that a lot of p- politicians have been, like, grooming themselves or been getting groomed since they were children or in high school or in college. I mean, I remember when I was at, in college, I'd be like, what do you want to do? And they'd be like, I'm going to be a senator. And I'm like, we're 18. Like, you want to be a senator? And so... I think what's so great is your humanness and that you're born and raised, you're D.C. all day, i mean St. John's (laughs) High School, you come to the D.C. Tap Festival, I run into you at Busboys and Poets, you play basketball out, you know, like, you're women
1: really, league you know the kinder league you know uh <laughs> <Mons leagues> everywhere
0: <laughs> i mean you're dc through and through and i think that that is what dc really needs from a perspective that is a younger perspective and as somebody who respects my elders like tremendously of course i do think that fresh fresh ideas and just fresh energy are so important to actually shift things and make change because you like you said you are in the streets you're seeing the things so you know once you get elected and once you get you know your your feet dug in because obviously Day that's going mm-hmm. adjustment what, what are some of your goals for your term? Also, how long is a term of attorney
1: general? <laughs> it's four years. It's four years. So, oh. uh, you know, there are three things that I really want to get done. One is that we want to make sure that the government, right? The government is to work for the people. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, we need to ensure that it is. Then that's a part of the role of attorney general. Are the laws working for the people? And if they're not, we got to make sure that they are. And there's a couple of laws out there that you can identify that helps one group of people mm. and harms another group of people. It has a desperate impact, and it, I think it's unconstitutional. And these are the types of things that uh, I want to address. There's people who need access to justice, right? So if something's happened to one person, most people suffer in silence, not realizing mm. that the same problem that they're facing, someone else is facing and I want to create a fund that pairs uh, private practices, private law firms with private individuals to go after these bad actors. So now if you can't pay $400 to file a complaint because you're being harassed, you're being taken advantage of in some other sort of way financially, um, some sort of fraud, you now have that opportunity. So now businesses in DC get help, the residents of DC get help and helps create, uh, you know, disincentivize those bad actors knowing that they're going to have protection from the attorney general's office because we're going to ensure that those firms are getting behind these private citizens and making sure that they can't conduct themselves that way any longer. Um, And ultimately, we're watching what's happening around the country. We want to ensure that uh, everyone has the words equality, right? So we mm-hmm. want people to have equity in their laws, right? We want to make sure that, yeah. you know, if someone's seven feet tall, you know, someone who's 4'11 can stand on a box and have the same perspective as the person that's seven feet tall, right? You know, there's a distinct advantage there. We got to ensure that that shorter person can see the same type of feature, <laughs> have the same vision uh, for this world for themselves as someone who's got it naturally. Right, so some people just don't have it naturally. You got to make sure that, and then then you're bringing up people. You're pulling people up, and now when you're pulling people up, the the bottom's better. The, the standards raised, life gets better for everybody, right? So that's my idea, uh, I'm using the law to do that. And you start in Washington. That. You start in Washington D.C. You start in Washington D.C. It can grow across the country. It can grow across the world.
0: No, I mean, I love that. I think it's so important to remember, you know, if I have a law question, oh, which I've had many of I call you. But not everybody has a brilliant friend who's an attorney. Or, <laughs> you know, if I need to go to the dentist, I call Ivory. Not That's everybody right. has a friend who's a dentist. And I think that creating just those lines, not only of communication, but of support are so major because I think that so many people just feel powerless.
1: And I think we shouldn't feel that way. And mm-hmm. because I've been given, or, you know, I went out there and I tried and I've learned some things going through law school, going through the profession to this point, I have information, I have skills that can benefit more than just my private clients. And I want, and that's a part of it, right? My private clients have experienced it. Um, a young a young man that I know made a bad decision right mm-hmm. and he uh, needed help and mm-hmm. he called me and this was something that was outside of what I usually do but because of my love for this person I said man I got you you know I tried to bring in another attorney they kind of walked us part of the way I took it the rest of the way he was facing 10 years he's facing 10 years I was look, <sighs> he went home. He's he's at home. He didn't do anything more time than what they did uh for the in the holding cell, you know, and when we were facing sentencing, we you know, the judge said, you know what, you can go on home, you know, he had to file his uh, you know, register and, and pay a fine, you know, and they said go on home, you know, and so it's more opportunities like that that keeps a person. From not being a felon, he can still vote right, so he can go home and be with his mom, be with his grandmother, and, and take care of his family. So it's I decisions got like chills,
0: that. Ryan. I didn't even know that.
1: <laughs> oh, I got stories, like, I i, I want to tell them all. Oh, it's hard to get them all out, you know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, I'm I, happy I to help, and, it's, and it. it's those situations, it's I those mean, situations that kind of do people, me this you look at
0: how many people are like sitting in Rikers or in holding, holding sales, cells, or even people who are like arrested because of tickets and they have no, they don't have the access or the knowledge that's like, uh, or the $500, like we right. take that for granted.
1: So, so to that point, right? So there are resources being poured into programs to put people in the, in harm's way. How about you just recirculate the money to where they don't have to be in these programs? They don't have to be in this in this trouble, right? So why are you penalizing people who are already in a tight spot? Why do that? Um, so I just think it's that's the rewiring of a system to empower people, right? I mean, so, it's
0: amazing. I have a request that I'm going to sure. make publicly on the podcast <laughs> for when you get elected attorney general. Here's an idea, and I can help run this program. So. Okay. Uh, somebody asked, how do we educate others and ourselves? And when I was at Duke Ellington, when I was in high school, which is a D.C. public high school, um, That's there was right,
1: a great school.
0: It's a great school. There, we had a program every Tuesday, or every other Tuesday, these lawyers from a private law firm came in at lunch, they brought us pizza every other Tuesday at lunch, and for an hour, they taught us about the law, they taught us how to debate, they taught us our rights, and it was an incredible program i mean you and i are friends ryan and you know i will debate like i think i'm on <laughs> like i think i am testifying or whatever that's said what i
1: believe court. in you okay
0: and i will say that that program helped me and all of my classmates learn how to advocate for ourselves we learned about the law we learned how to even like debate points that we didn't necessarily believe in just so we could learn how to verse ourselves. So I'm saying when you're attorney general, I think that like a Ryan Jones high school or middle school program would be great for lawyers to go in. You know, they're making tons of money, they're making six, six figures to just go and volunteer a few times a month and teach kids. And I don't know, maybe they get some incentive from the government of like a tax breaker. I don't know, or they get a medal, they get a dinner at the end of the year, whatever. I think that that will be really cool because I know that education is so important to you because you wrote a children's book.
1: <laughs> Stop saying, <Tell> okay. <laughs> about
0: your children's book.
1: Uh, all right, uh, so Dream Forever <laughs> I wrote while I was in a meeting working and these two people were on the phone talking about how great they were and I just couldn't believe I have gotten to this point in my career and I'm sitting in a meeting listening to people talk about themselves and my mind was wandering and I said what what how do you get to this point in life what else is out there Mm. for me uh to get to and then I called on some research I had been doing I had been studying you know ancient cultures you know there's these pyramids that were made and you know how did how they how they get made right so
0: a part of that
1: was what led to me writing the book, which was you put it in your mind, it can come to reality. And that's what Dream Forever is about. So I just simple poetry sitting there and wrote it out. I partnered with a friend who's an artist. She put the art together. We sat there ourselves putting the pages and the words together in Adobe sent it off to Ingram Spark. that's a self-publishing company and we put it out there and you can go it's out there you can go order it if you want it. (laughs) It's great I
0: bought a copy and I think it's beautiful (laughs) I love the illustrations too I think it's really beautiful and I was when we when you told me about it one I was surprised because you're a lawyer Mm -hmm. and and I mean quite frankly you're a black man and you're a lawyer and you wrote this a successful lawyer and you wrote this children's book (laughs) because you had the calling to do it right and i think that that is very reflective of you running right now it's like you had this real genuine calling to do this because it's not like you know attorney generals make 20 million dollars a year you know it's not like the sexy (laughs) thing to do right hell of a lot of work
1: (laughs) look i think you know there you have your profession and you can impact the world that you live in from your professional capacity. And then there's gonna be people that you wanna be able to impact that you wouldn't necessarily be able to reach through your profession. And I know that I'm here because I had a lot of good people affecting my life, right? And I gotta, you know, you pull as you climb, you gotta reach back, you gotta give back, you gotta share. And these are the things that I wish that I knew. I wish that I knew that if you believed enough that reality can come, can come to life, right? That's really what the children's book is about. That's why I wrote it. And I want people to go to sleep knowing that and wake up in the next day and go fearlessly after what they believe in because it will come come to reality for you.
0: I love that. So, right, I know I, I'm on your email list. I'm on your listserv. <laughs> okay. And I know that you're doing a fundraiser right now. Yes. and nice. I have never donated to any political campaign except for Barack Obama. Look at me telling the truth Mm -hmm. on the internet, and I'm gonna donate to your um, fundraiser. But can you tell us for somebody who might be like a little skeptical, like I don't want to give you know Mm -hmm. any um, a fund your fundraiser for politics my money. Mm -hmm. What does money go towards because i think sometimes people think because because of the last um, person that ran this country who did utilize funds mm-hmm. for their own personal gains i think it's important that we clarify um why are you fundraising like when you're running for something what does that money go towards and every little bit counts right
1: that's right um so in washington dc there's a public uh, finance program that allows people who might not be the super rich or super connected to run and if you get 500 DC residents to contribute $20,000, you qualify for a match. That's five to one. That's the most critical part of what I'm doing in fundraising. However, money from other States, other countries, it comes in, it's like icing on the cake for us and it goes to getting my message out. So, you know, you got to, pay for yard signs, you got to pay for t shirts, you got to pay for stickers, you got to pay for literature, you got to pay for mailers, that stuff is, you know, what you have to pay for, you know, people, they're going to be on your team, they're going to be some volunteers, there's some people who are going to say, Hey, look, I do this for a living. You got to pay me right in order to keep the, in order to keep the momentum going. You helping me like this. there are other people out there who were going to say, hey, look, you got to pay for this advertising. Right.
0: I'm um, a volunteer for the Ryan Jones campaign. <laughs> Chloe you. said, Chloe said, what are you going to become a campaign manager? And she <laughs> knows that I am so, when my friends are going, I'm like, yes, let's do it. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, cheerleader, number one. You know, well, thank uh, you. Look, we,
1: look, the anatomy of a campaign, I'm finding out in real time, it doesn't look like set way there's no tried and true way it's going to work for you having you help me grows the mission of the campaign to get equal access to justice for all dc residents which is something that can spread you know everywhere and i think we need that and we're watching the world go through pain right now um halfway across the world we feel that and those are the types of things you keep in your consciousness when you're making decisions um like how am i going to empower the people that are hurt the most right Uh, so I appreciate you because you're now allowing me to tap into the tap world. I know there's people in Brazil watching this right now. I know there's (laughs) people in LA watching this right now, DC watching right now. So I'm happy about this.
0: No, but I mean, I think it's so important too, because like you said, if it starts in DC, it Mm. can spread across the world, you know, of course, across the nation and across the world. And you know, we talk about, about so much about justice reform right now. It's like a buzzword, mm-hmm,
1: like justice
0: reform, mm-hmm. justice reform. And I agree. We have to reform. It's a mess. But what are the laws?
1: Look, we've, we've seen, uh, like, Michelle Alexander is like, been a champion of that for a long time. She's a, a, a professor of law, at a law school. She wrote a book, you know, The New Jim Crow. She's uh-huh. a person who's been talking about what's been going on for a long time, and I think 2020 she finally gets seen and she's finally getting the opportunity to feel vindicated and now we're talking about criminal justice reform. We're saying, hey, are we penalizing people appropriately? Are we giving people the opportunity to not have to go through this uh, system that is designed to harm them. Right. You're not going to get out on the other side. You know, I sat in and I'm, t- I'm going to keep it real. Right. I sat in uh, judges chambers and we were having to discuss sentencing for a person. And I didn't think the person should be sentenced because he had the law that was working on his side. And he said, you know, the judges or the law clerk, somebody may have said, Hey, look, this is an elected position. We got to put bad people in jail. That's what our, that's what our, the landscape says, you know, we gotta, uh-huh. and I, and that was, he said, hey, look, in your sterilized environment of law school, you might be right. It's like, well, damn, you know that was like you're you're walking into um, the reality of what happens in courtrooms, um, and that person probably deserved another opportunity to not make a mistake.
0: Right. right.
1: Um, and that could have been of that. People way. Get a
0: lot of opportunities that don't look like us.
1: Right. Well, you know, look, I want to. We don't have to say it, and I'm not gonna say it, but you know, look. Equality is what people want, right? People just want to have the fair chance to walk out of their door and come home alive. I feel like that's a great thing. Just come home alive, Um, come Mm -hmm. home and not be unjustly prosecuted, have an opportunity or or sentenced, right? Um, You know, they say prison is intended to reform, right, and rehabilitate. I mean, and the environment isn't always conducive to that, right? You got to find some alternative means to achieve the end that we really want. And so that's my idea. Let's find some alternative means to achieve the end. And there's some things that you know, there just aren't excuses for. And I think the criminal justice system does have some things right. So it's not uh, entirely off. It's again, just a re- a slight redesign, a, a reconfigure and we can get this machine going the right way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like so many things that we've been doing for X amount of years need a new like everything, the law, mm-hmm. religion, church, I mean, <laughs> everything could use a new- Right energy because I think a lot of laws a software
1: were, update when the
0: world was so different and and you know the bible was written x amount of years thousands of years ago and it's like I think that people sometimes are afraid of the necessary change to make improvements even sometimes when it will improve their own lives change can be scary
1: for people I think that's one thing that uh, I, I believe we're ready for I believe you're ready for a voice like this, and that's why I'm taking a chance. Uh, A great friend of mine, a great mentor of mine, uh, Paxton Baker, you know, I went down and sat with this guy. You can look him up. He's a phenomenal person. He, he, I said, hey man, tell me, how can I get to where you are? By the way, (laughs) I'm at a cookout. Uh, I said, how do I get to where you are? And he said, "Uh, look man, believe in yourself. And he said, look, I bet on you, bet on mm-hmm. yourself. And so since that conversation in 2014, I've been betting on myself.
0: <laughs> I love yeah. that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you could have, cause you just told us about Paxton when you're mentors. Mm-hmm. If you could have lunch or dinner with somebody dead or alive.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah.
0: And what would you talk, why them? And what would you talk about?
1: <sighs> ah, dead or alive. You know, you gave me a prep for this, right? You know, um, I did and I I'ma never go,
0: prep people, okay.
1: Look, uh June 16th, that's my birthday. I'm gonna go with Tupac, you know. I yeah, okay. meet your birthday, I'll talk with him.
0: Okay, so let's say Pop was your was like your campaign manager. Let's have fun. Oh man. One. Let's <laughs> say Pop was your campaign manager. <laughs> What, what kind of conversations would y'all be having? Like, what do you think, Pop? What is one thing you think Pop would want to change about DC laws?
1: Well, knowing how my campaign folks are now, and replacing them with Tupac Shakur, <laughs> and knowing what I know of him as a rapper, uh, as an actor, and his personality that shine through during his interviews, uh we probably be fight, you know, because I get pushback, right? It's like, hey, look, we need to be writing things a certain way. We need to be saying, here's my voice. And it's like, nah, we're gonna write it like this. Nah, we gotta be thinking about these type of folks. And we really need to be going harder, you know. Uh, I, I, I'd be, you know, I'd probably acquiesce, okay, you got it, man, I'm gonna follow you. you know, follow your lead, you know. So, uh, I, it would be entertaining for sure. <laughs>
0: For sure. let me tell you pop was your if pop was your campaign manager i would be stalking your office <laughs> 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 i love tupac no I, mean, I think that's a great person because i i do think that he too is was just like all of the things the artist right. the activist right right,
1: right. you right. know the
0: inquisitive mind that obviously got taken too soon you look at somebody again who had fame and money, but didn't necessarily have the access to a friend who's a lawyer who's going to look out for you. That's, you know what I'm right. saying?
1: Somebody just mentioned Martin Luther King in the comments. It's like sitting right okay. there. Why wouldn't I want to talk to him? I Look, that's a great person to talk to. I want to talk to Kobe Bryant. I want to talk to Rick James. Somebody I want said to talk James to, Baldwin. Yeah, James Baldwin. He was brilliant, right? And he was talking to people like like right at people's necks. He was saying what needed to be said at a time when it was uncomfortable, really uncomfortable be saying what he was saying. He was a brave person. And his voice is ringing uh, still. Um, And we're hearing that, you know, and I think, I think um, I would like to embody some of that with our campaign. Um, But I know that DC is a large city has a lot of people that have a lot of different issues, and you know Nelson Mandela. You know, I want to talk to you know all types of people. I don't know. Uh, shoot,
0: no, I mean Leonardo okay, so da Vinci.
1: Shoot. When, know.
0: when you win, who would be your dream person to introduce you for the first time? Attorney General of Washington <laughs> D.C. Ryan Jones. Who would you want to say that?
1: Living. Living. My mom if my you know, look, my mom would want to do it and I'd let her, you know. She, <laughs> my mom would that. say, Look, I'm gonna introduce oh, you're my sweet son. Too. Yeah, so mom yeah, mom, mom is introducing it. you? Yeah, for sure.
0: What if like Barack Obama sent you a text?
1: And he said he wanted to introduce
0: me?
1: Mm-hmm. Hey mom, introduce Barack Obama so he could introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you
0: did there. I like what you did there
1: everyone can everyone can enjoy this
0: no i love it so okay so right we're both from dc northwest Mm -hmm. uptown hello Mm -hmm. hello hello (laughs) what brings you joy about our city
1: look i grew up on 14th and emerson in between 14th and 16th and emerson uh uh I can go play ball with my friends growing up. I can go down to the carryout, whatever. That's just what we did growing up. Then as you got older, there was you go to the Go-Go's. Then as I got older and through college, it was going over to Adams Morgan to have a good time. Now you're eating jumbo slice, right? And then after that college age, it was the club, right? The club scene in DC, the nightlife scene in DC is probably why we don't have more NBA NFL championship, <laughs> no Super Bowls. <laughs> Stay out the club. But no, the club is amazing in DC. They And we're going to bring that back soon so that the nightlife can get back to where it was and get that part of the economy going. Uh-huh. Uh, um, That's DC now. then, you know, growing up in DC, you're growing up in the shadows of the capital. You know, you can't, you're not oblivious to the political landscape that's here, the amount of power that's here. Uh, that's affecting change around the world. Um, You know, and you, you see it and you kind of want to like, can I be a part of that, you know, so I think that's unique to DC. So um, you you got the how you grew up in your neighborhood versus what DC is really all about. And so you say, can I touch that? Can I affect that? Can I get there? And so um, I think that's D.C. to me, you know.
0: I love that. What's great is you and I met as adults, so, mm-hmm. what, five years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And your, like, timeline was completely parallel with mine. I went down, I played basketball at Tacoma School, <laughs> Tacoma Elementary School. Okay, yeah, yeah, Ended up going to the go ended up going to Adam's Morgan game jumbo slice, or going to the diner, like.
1: Oh, you yeah, in the diner, here. yeah
0: remember the diner i mean dc is really a magical chocolate used to be more chocolate but you know chocolate city um because it's so true that we have such a unique relationship to our city and i do think one it's go-go because that's such a cultural phenomenon two i think it was just the amount of successful black
1: people so the, that one thing about growing up in DC, which I didn't learn until I went to college and law school, uh, like I didn't, like I heard about racism and stuff. I kind of felt it a little bit. If you're watching it and you hear history, it's like, man, you know, it's, you're around Black people. You know, the problems you had with people were probably look like you. And then <laughs> you go to school and now you're in the minority. You're like, hold up, what do you just say to me? oh, you guys have been dealing with this around the country all your lives? Oh, yep. man. So I'm, I'm reading this book called War Anthem, and it talks about people from D.C. And they said people from D.C. who grow up in D.C. Washingtonians have this special kind of arrogance or confidence or conceitedness or something because they don't experience, you know, race relations in the same way. There's no one to tell a young Black man, you can't be an attorney, because I grew up on a block where there's at least six of them you know, uh, in various at various levels and you know doctors and they look like you. You know, so that's
0: it is it's the greatest arrogance or whatever this book is saying. It's like we should all <laughs> have that. And right. I do think it's it's an incredible and it is so special. But I, I also think what you're doing right now is so important because even though I, you know, grew up with the capital right there, I and my dad even worked at the House of Representatives. I used to go to hearings. Right. I actually went to the hearing when Dolores Tucker was trying to ban Tupac's music in
1: 1992.
0: Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. LOL. And I still felt like, like there was not really an entree for me, and, because everybody was old. And now that when young people will see you, it makes it more tangible. And more inspiring, to be quite honest. You see somebody young, you're like, oh my gosh, that person could be my friend, you know, and wow, they're making change and they're only ten years older than me or five years older than me, or you know?
1: Right. Yeah. I look, can relate
0: like, I can relate you, to that person.
1: You doing DC tap fest is one, you're taking tap dancing to the masses, right? You're taking tap dance to and taking an art form that you and you're not gonna let it die. You're gonna carry on, Gregory Hines, right? You're gonna keep building that. And now you don't you don't even know the person that you're affecting. These There's some kids like I want to be like Ma, you know. Uh, and you match the business with the art, and I think that's incredible. And so you know, people are sitting here inspired by you, and knowing, looking at you, it's like she looks like me. I can do that too, you know. So I think Thank that's what we you. do. <laughs>
0: But you know what's amazing is to have support from people like you, who, you know, you're not a dancer. No. You don't have kids that dance. You know, you don't really have like any connection except for like, okay, this is my friend. This is what she loves to do. This is what she's passionate about. So let me support it. And then you're like, oh, it's actually awesome.
1: <laughs> but That's right, right, right.
0: That support is so important. Somebody's sending lots of love from Brazil. or <laughs>
1: Boy,
0: <laughs> no, I and I think being in D.C. too is such an important place for you to be because you have all of the embassies, like the world. I think that whenever you do something in D.C., the world looks at you.
1: Oh, I forgot about the museums. You can walk in and out of the museums, in and out of the zoos, and you for don't have free. to pay a dime. Yeah, that was for free. You took that for granted in D.C. So I
0: sure did.
1: Yep, yep. I mean,
0: it's amazing. Yeah. Okay, Ryan, so we're getting to the end of the interview. First of all, this was fun. Second of all, we have to do this again. Um, Everybody, this is my friend Ryan, if you're just joining. This is my friend Ryan. He is running (laughs) for Attorney General of Washington, D.C., our hometown, where he still resides. And the elections are June 22nd. I just made that up. June 2022. Why did I say June 22nd?
1: (laughs) Sorry, June, June 2022, right. It's you June got
0: 12 2022. Months, 12 it makes months you want to go back. get my DC residence back just so I can vote. Maybe I can oh, do that, you
1: never gosh. know. <laughs> That'd be amazing.
0: Um, and you know, today was just all about, I get to know Ryan, I get to know and love Ryan, and I wanted the world to see him. And so make sure, friends, if you're listening, if you have friends in DC, make sure you tell them about Ryan. Make sure you tell them to vote for him when it's time to vote next year. But at this point, I think the most important things, and to correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, is one, get the word out, friends. Tell people about Ryan. He does not come from some political family or from tons and tons of money. People can just buy this election from him, for him, rather. You, we really need the community to come together and support a brother, young man, fully capable, fully educated, fully passionate. And if you have five, ten, twenty-five, fifty-five, or a million dollars, you could donate it to his campaign.
1: It's capped I'm at two hundred. Capped at, it's capped at two hundred. You can't give more than that. That's the public finance. Uh, oh, ooh. It's capped NBC. at two
0: hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, two hundred. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your cousin. Tell your baby Mama, Tell your baby daddy. Tell you Right.
1: Right. You so, just need participation. Donate. That's right. Exactly. Get the, so, get right. the word out. Mm-hmm.
0: What are you most excited about for this year, this year-long journey of of campaigning and and just getting the word out there? What what is exciting you? What is keeping you motivated? What is keeping the fire going?
1: Uh, you know, you wake up each day with the chance to improve upon what you did the day before. So I'm excited about that prospect. There's gonna be a lot of people that I shake hands with. There are gonna be people, there are people who've reached out already and are gonna continue to reach out that give me gems right so seeing that has been so far has been really special because you don't know you don't just know that you're doing the right things and saying the right things and now you have people you know putting their necks out there and they're giving you their hard-earned money your money equals your time right you're giving it to me and so i'm incredibly grateful to that and i want to honor that each day so that's what i wake up with the responsibility and i'm happy to have it you know
0: I love that. I love it. Happy to have responsibility. Mm. Responsibility is a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, it comes with you know having it means you've done something, uh, and and so someone's entrusting you with it. So I'm gonna, you know, honor that responsibility.
0: I love it. Somebody wanted to know what year did you graduate from law
1: school. Oh, 2011, I think. Yeah. 2011.
0: Oh, 10 years um, ago. Is
1: it? 2012? I graduated it. I graduated two and a half years from law school, so I'm really a t- class of 2012. So I graduated oh, like ew. in December. That, of, oh, that's real quick, Brian. Yeah. I mean, you graduated look. early.
0: Graduated early.
1: Hey, look, I I was just trying to get the job done. <laughs> I
0: I I I love it. Somebody said, one of my students says, responsibility sucks sometimes. But <laughs> I will say this: if you have no responsibility, it means you have nothing to lose, and so responsibility is important and Leah your little sister does have responsibilities she needs to brush her teeth she needs to make sure that she takes a shower those are her responsibilities at that young age as you get older your responsibilities just keep adding on but they're a good thing so Ryan I always end the podcast with five fire questions that was you have to be quick
1: okay I'll okay. do my best
0: I know we're gonna work on this okay okay so food that brings you the most joy
1: Pizza. Or should Person I be saying?
0: That, what'd you say?
1: Go, 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 go. Person, Person
0: that brings you the most joy.
1: <laughs> skip. Huh? Skipping that question. You
0: can't skip it, Ryan. Nobody skips the Modcast question.
1: Person oh, that thought. brings
0: you the most joy.
1: Uh, My parents. Thank one you. yeah.
0: That was a hard one. Yeah, no. City that brings you the most joy
1: washington (laughs) dc
0: song that brings you the most joy
1: (sighs) song hey look it's a song by tims and that's amazing i can't think of the name of it uh higher that's great i'll play that on repeat right now
0: (laughs) i love that Mm -hmm. basketball move that brings you the most joy step back I don't even know what that means.
1: All right, well, you know James Harden <laughs> does it. You know he, that's what he's known for. Step back. The step back. Yep. Step
0: back. Guess, but Ryan, do you see my basketball skills on my Instagram?
1: I saw and I uh, scrolled past it. Oh, you're a hater. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I liked it. I'm sure I liked it. I'm you sure. Will be
0: an attorney general hating on my basketball skills.
1: I believe in you. G- guess what? When you when you, when, okay. when we do a
0: basketball tournament. I'm playing in the game, okay? Okay. Uh, I am playing in the game. I'll get, <laughs> <You said what? laughs>
1: I'll get to be invited this time. You said what? I'll get to be invited this time.
0: I am playing in the game. Okay, so last thing. I know somebody said, shame on you for hating on my basketball skills.
1: She's amazing. There's nothing she can't do. <laughs> she didn't miss.
0: <laughs> I never miss. So guys, and also don't forget, you can get Ryan's book. Ryan, where can people find you? Where should they follow you, and where can they go? What website should they go to to support your campaign?
1: Ryan Jones for AG, is spelled out, um, and from there, there's a link also in my bio. If they want to donate, you can tap on my profile. There's a link there. You can donate to the campaign that way, and you can find out. You can watch the campaign video there as well.
0: It's a very good video. Thank you. So, Ryan. You've been an amazing guest on the ModCast and I always like to—I ask my guests before we leave, what advice would you give to anybody who maybe is not feeling joy right now in their life or their heart? What advice would you give them to find that joy?
1: Um, I'm like I'm gonna take this ultra seriously. Um, so one, find that image of what joy is and then relentlessly go after that by asking people questions, how do you get there? How do I find it? Because if you're in a sad place, you need to work out of it, right? And just tell yourself, I'm happy, I'm going to find joy and I'll figure it out, you know, I'll figure it out and you'll more than likely get it.
0: I love it. Ryan, you've been amazing, everybody. (laughs) June 2022. Vote for my friend Ryan Jones for Attorney General. Um, we're gonna do this again, obviously, because okay. it was fun and we have to okay. do it again. Because I'm happy. I'm,
1: look, I'm finally on here. I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you and sharing your your fans and followers and, and platform so I can express my message. So you know you are doing an awesome thing.
0: Thank you. And I'm so proud of you for going after this very selfless um, journey. Like I said, I'm so excited for you. I've never had a friend run for any sort of office. So I'm super excited for you. I'm always here to support you. You know, when you need a dancer at a fundraiser, <laughs> you, you know, I got you back. Um, and we are here to support you. DC loves you. And I'm just so excited to watch this journey unfold and grow. And I can't wait to see the positive change that you make in our city.
1: Thank you so much. I'll see you soon, right? Yes, I'll, I'll see you this
0: week. I'm coming home. All right, cool. Thank you, Ryan.
1: All right, see you everybody.
0: Bye. Hey
1: everybody,
0: hi, thank you for joining the podcast and over to modify your day. Thank you.